goes away from the camera. Okay, hi, this is Steve Gilmore. This is the Gilmore Gang, most likely the last Gilmore Gang in 2019. It's also the first Gilmore Gang in 2019, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Not true. All right, so uh, we've got uh, some of the usual suspects, and I'm very grateful that you're all here. Starting with, in the upper left hand corner, Michael Markman. How do you do? Grateful that you are here, too. Now you're supposed to say grateful to be here or something like that. Okay. Not putting words in your mouth. I'm grateful. Okay. Uh, To his right, in jolly old Boris, uh, England, uh, is Frank Raddatz. Welcome, Frank. Hey, thanks for uh, having me here. Um, I've missed being with the gang, and I actually wish that all of our shots looked like Markman's so that we could do the album, the Beatles album cover. Which one? The <laughs> Let It Be one? Or, yeah, or, uh, or, or, or the Queen album cover one. Or, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> what, what is the Queen album cover? Do they do the same thing? Uh, they did it with five heads. Is this the one in I Shadows that you're ta- referring to? Yes, yeah. Uh, it's actually it's from Bohemian Rhapsody, but they did a they did a, some artwork with that image also. Uh, I was off of Queen and back on the Beatles. You know, I, uh, I I found a little button in in the Skype setup that said "Blur my background." Uh, Ooh, where's that? I love that idea. No, I don't like that idea. I had never seen it before. Just can you it turn it off? I don't know where oh, I, I don't know where I found so it. Good. Okay, well we're so gonna get. Good. We'll just have to go with it. Uh, in lower left is uh, the fabulous inventor of all things uh, analysis and uh, uh, his sidelight, which is uh, rapidly becoming a, a a huge menu item. Which is uh, what do they call it when you're trying to save the world? Trying to save um, the world. being a fool. Trying to save the world. I think it's revolutionary. Sustainment. Oh, sustain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sustainability. Something to do with the uh, sustainability. Yeah, and then he's also got. You can find him on Medium talking about uh, the crappy political situation that we're in. Uh, how's that for an intro? I happen to think it's a great political situation to be in, just because there's lots to think and talk about. So, okay. To each his own. Yeah, well, I've been, I've been so uh, informed, uh, and uh, Keith Tier, uh, who's in the United States these days, although you go back to England every once in a while, right? I do. I go back to my homeland um, less often than I used to, though. Once a quarter these days, instead of like three weeks a month, which means I look kind of more awake. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I'm not traveling as much. I'm not jet lagged. Oh, more awake. Oh, I th- is that why you were laughing, Frank? That's why I was laughing. Okay. I Frank. was actually just wondering if I if I was going to end up uh doing that too uh Keith staying in the United States more. I it I, I just don't know what's going to happen, but I how am I going to deal with it? I'll be more awake. You'll be woke. Yeah, that's what hmm? I was sort of getting at. The woke. You'll be woke. 
whatever the woke. hell that means. I'll be what is woke? Oh yeah, mean? I'll be woke. Does that I mean like my what happening? Is my that... wife tells me that I'll never be woke. It just isn't possible. So this is something that uh, uh, is governed and maintained by uh, the the ladies. Well, the definition of woke woke can only be determined by third parties assessing you. You can claim to be woke, but it doesn't mean you are. So uh, I think I think that uh, Jean Louis Gasset's saying applies here, which was that you are good in bed is better said of you than by you. Correct. That's that's applicable. Yeah. Hold on one second. Wow, well, you have new glasses. Markman, new glasses. Uh, I see them. I, I do. They're actually old glasses because the the asymmetrical glasses broke. So I had Ooh. I had to go back I had to go back a generation. Ah, sometimes, you know, getting a little retro is pretty cool. <laughs> they're here. But this <laughs> ah, lens pop. But it's interesting that you have the same color scheme, even though different shapes. You obviously yeah. are a man of a man of schemes. Apparently, <laughs> I, there's a, there's a matching vibe going on between your sweater and your glasses too, which I find. Oh, I I'm, I'm very well art directed today. Yes, very good. So I can't find so, this. So, blur the background button. <laughs> Okay, so, so, uh, I, so let okay I under uh, as much as I'm audio, enjoying this, setting, this incredible. I took mine uh, off. Oh, thanks. It's much better. It, it, it looks vaguely dark. It has the sort of horror movie uh, background effect. This you is can all practical just lighting. Barely see what's going yeah. on behind you. Just practical lighting for the winter. I'm uh, you know this, this, I'm sitting in front of a window. And um, because it's winter, the sun is behind the house, and and so there's very little light coming into the room except on my face. So let me ask you this. Uh, I, I think we're at an emotional watershed uh, where we can barely, at least speaking for myself, uh, I can barely cope with uh, what's coming in over the television these days. Uh, Let's start with Markman. What, what's your feeling emotionally? Emotionally, I, I, think I've, I think I've come up from the nadir. I think that the, uh, uh, the impeachment vote uh, was a little, bit, a little bit of a breakthrough, although we're certainly not out of the woods and there's lots of reasons to feel heavy dread. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the, the arrival of solstice and the arrival of impeachment as a, as a, a tonic. So you're talking about the actual uh, vote in the House, not the fact that it doesn't exist until Nancy walks it over to uh, the Senate. Well, the trial doesn't start until then, but I, I, it exists. It's a recorded vote. The president is impeached. Frank, you're nodding like you agree with him? Absolutely, 100%. And, I, I, and I'm, you know, the, the, uh, the Pelosi play, if you will, um, is it's genius, and you know, holding it off um, has to be, you know, just hitting him in the craw, and uh, and I think that um, 
you know, all it will do is, you know, give the give the uh, this is what I hope that the senators will go home and 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 that they will be uh, they will be pounded by anyway some of them all you, all she needs is four pounded by their constituents and come back with a geez I do want to hear from some witnesses and and I think that that will be I think the first turning point was the impeachment I think the second turning point is this holding off and the third turning point is hopefully there will actually be a trial that will be of some worth Dennis uh, do you agree uh, fundamentally yeah I, I and uh, I strangely perhaps I'm I'm energized by what I'm seeing I don't I don't uh, take um, uh, any sadness from from this, and I'm, I'm not concerned about the future of the republic or my future uh, based on what I'm seeing from impeachment. I, I'm looking at this and and trying to game out different scenarios, and I see a lot of possibilities. Um, many of them not good for uh, uh, the current occupant of the White House. So we're moving from. Uh, optimism to pessimism. Keith? That was cruel as a setup. But accurate. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean, skepticism and cynicism probably are better words to describe me than uh, pessimism. I think it's a certainty that Trump gets acquitted. I think it's a certainty Trump cuts trade deals left and right between now and next November. I think it's a certainty that um, he will move from defense to offense once acquitted. And I think um, the Democrats have, ever since 2016, made the mistake of trying to claim the election was stolen and the incumbent is a criminal, as opposed to grasping the fact that poor white Americans like him and don't like them. I think I think both are true. I think you've got there's plenty of evidence that um, uh, the Democrats are working to uh, uh, play up to the poor whites. Uh, They passed over 400 bills that are languishing in the Senate right now. They are bills that make life better for for everybody, especially uh, people of uh, reduced means, and uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of impossible not to look at the election of 2016 and say it wasn't stolen. Well, it, it was both stolen and won at the same time. I think it's a mistake to be binary about that. Uh, if one says it's stolen and that that's the end of the sentence, then it doesn't take into account you know the Michael Moore well attested to reasons why Trump gained some popularity in in certain states. Um, So so of course, it it was both stolen and won. And the question, uh, you look at um, this morning's Meet the Press, where there's still 48% of people don't think Trump should be impeached. And there's 34% that are certain to vote for him at the next election. Um, Clearly, there is something real there which I believe belongs in, a, in the appropriate context is probably the trade war and America's position in the world and the impact of that on normal people is, is um, there's only really two people that articulate that well. One is Bernie Sanders, the other is Trump. 
um, and and uh, everyone else, insofar as they focus on policy, um, seems to be flying at a level of altitude that is going to miss normal people's ears, eyes, and brains. I'm not worried about it, and I I, I take issue with uh, the thought that you could both uh, uh, win an election and have it stolen. I think you can. I think I think you have to pick one. Well, if I had to pick one, I'd say he won it because I think the stealing it, uh, I think the influence of external forces was was real, but I think their impact on the result was almost zero. You know, I, I, I find myself gravitating on to Trump's Twitter feed uh, a couple of times a day. Um, and I'm, I am uh, constantly, although I shouldn't be, but constantly astounded at the, at the, the forcefulness of his followers uh, and and their their legion. And if you if you read his uh, now, look, there's certainly a, t a tremendous amount of negative stuff in there about every comment that he makes. There's there's time after time somebody tweets um, that you know what is the lie in the comment, but t but the number and the the sort of the powerful voice of his followers on his Twitter feed, which I think is. Uh, a, a, a representation of of his of his uh, supporters, uh, a pretty accurate one, given that there's probably a ton of bots on there. Um, it, it's astounding and worth checking out every so often. It'll it'll bring you right back to square one. What's astounding about it? The the, the uh, just the 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 number of uh, supporters uh, that are filtered in between all the people who are not his supporters. It's really just a very interesting read to go from his comment to what he retweets, and you get a real insight into who, who we think we already know who he is, uh, based on all the other forms of, of media that we've gotten. Uh, but I think that reading his Twitter page is, is fascinating. That's my point. Michael? It, well, it, it's clear that what we're dealing with has very little to do with policy. It has a lot to do with attitude. It has a lot to do with the, the division among people and, and the sense. Uh, I agree that there are many people who have felt they've been ignored by uh, mainstream politicians uh, and especially mainstream Democrats. There was a, you know, it, it, it's easy to play up Trump's ignorance, but he also is someone who works out of insights and their key, key insights that he latched onto early. Uh, and, and that was finding a pocket of resentment and feeding it. And some of that resentment is uh, is against foreigners as individuals. And some of that resentment is against foreigners as nations. Some of that resentment is against Democrats. Uh, so a lot of that resentment is ethnically based. Uh, he's tapped into all of it, uh, and he's accumulated a following. It, you, what's what's hard to judge from Twitter is is quantity. Twitter's a good qualitative read. It's like a focus group, but uh, it's hard to know, you know, how, how big uh, are the populations behind any of the sentiments you read there. Uh, and Twitter's also distorted by the fact that there's so many uh, bots repeating yeah. things that may not represent actual people. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt and and try and mix it into my my daily media uh, intake. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's just an interesting reference. Uh, and, you know, look, 
you can certainly look at certain states and and you can see a lot of reasons why Republicans aren't going to switch and why some Democrats were, you know, on the edge for so long. Um, it, it's um, it, it's just it's becoming clearer and clearer every day that uh, it, it just feels like none of it's going to matter. So, Dennis, you've had a somewhat more optimistic view of what the dynamics of the current situation is uh, than perhaps some of the others on this call. Can you describe how you would uh, view this in terms of opportunities for the other team, namely everybody but the Trumps, uh, for pulling this country out of this uh, thing that we're in? Well, I, I think before that, um, we should look at two very different thought patterns that are happening in uh, the body politic. There's there's one thought pattern that uh, pretty much goes back in a straight line to the Enlightenment, to uh, the founders and, and people before them like uh, Hume and, and um, Voltaire and, and many others. The other thought pattern is, is I think, in some ways older, and um, I want to say medieval because I don't have a better uh, term. The, uh, the thought pattern I'm seeing is, is one of, of, of faith, of religiosity, of um, the facts don't matter because I'm, I'm zeroed into the dogma. And I think, I think those are the, the uh, contrasting schools. And I think what people are saying here, if, I, if, I, if I'm hearing it right, uh, is, is that the two sides aren't talking, uh, that they, they don't have a common vocabulary. Uh, mm. the, 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 the conservatives think the Democrats are talking past them and making fun of them, ridiculing them because of their beliefs. Uh, the, the, the progressives, the liberals, uh, don't understand why uh, all of a sudden these people aren't hewing to uh, the Enlightenment uh, concepts that got us, uh, got us this far as a, as a nation. Now, Steve, to answer your question, the thing that um, I was talking about before, uh, just you and I, uh, had to do with, with uh, trying to figure out uh, a way out of this using game theory, uh, specifically using the prisoner's dilemma. Uh, are you guys familiar with the prisoner's dilemma? It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's textbook police work, really. Uh, if, if two people are engaged in a crime, uh, you arrest them and you separate them and you don't let them talk to one another and you you offer each of them um, um, relatively lenient treatment if they rat out the other guy and because because the two can't uh, talk to each other they can't be sure that uh, their their partner isn't uh, ratting them out and so eventually one of them or or both of them uh, cops a plea and and uh, says he did it, he let it, or whatever. Uh, t applying this to the situation we have right now, I think Trump's main tactic has always been to defeat in detail, meaning uh, if somebody crosses him, uh, that person will be uh, primaried out of the party or uh, ostracized or in, in one way or another lose their seat. And most of the politicians you, you, you hear from 
are very uh, concerned about losing their seats and will so have uh, capitulated to the to the Trump dogma. In applying game theory to that situation, it struck me that uh, you can always defeat a bully if you form an alliance among all of the people who are or might want to be against the bully. Uh, that unique situation happens at the vote during the trial in the Senate for impeachment. Um, it's probably not smart for anyone to coordinate with anyone else because things leak in, in Washington. Uh, but it's my hypothesis that you could see uh, more than the 67 votes needed to remove Trump from office just because there are so many senators who, uh, while they're towing the party line in public, uh, in private, uh, detest Trump, that's what he's all about, and literally are concerned about the democracy. So that's, that's the hypothesis I'm working on. It's just a hypothesis. I have uh, almost no data to back it up other than uh, uh, Prisoner's Dilemma and some work by uh, people like um, uh, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. Don't you think that, um, I, don't remember, that, I don't remember which one, but they, one of the uh, Republican senators said he was sure that if it could be a secret ballot, Trump would be convicted and removed. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's true, but uh, meaningless. Because, you know, you know I've, you know, I, I've uh, Dennis, I was Frank, thinking those. You're, go ahead, Frank. That, that your uh, hypothesis might already be broken simply because McConnell's talking to the White House. That sort of changes the rules. How? Well, my, my view, my, my, let me just add one thing, which is clearly the Republicans would do well to get rid of him from the point of view of winning the next election. The fact that they are staying united, <clears throat> at, least, at least for now, notwithstanding what you said, Dennis, the fact they're sta staying united must imply that they believe he can win the next election, because that would be the only reason for standing behind him. Um, so, you know, to me, I would expect, if there was any doubt about that in their minds, to see a breakaway group in the Senate voting to impeach him, not because they're against him, but because they want to win the next election. And what they're do not doing by, that. So. What do you mean by win? The, you mean their next election? For, as senators? No, no. That, in other words, that they would replace him as candidate in, in November 2020. Um, if, if they thought for a minute he, he didn't have a chance of winning, but now they, would be their they, chance. Yes, but the, they're not taking that chance. Uh, and right. The, that's and, my point. That's my point. But I think that, you know, the, this is kind of a reverse of what Dennis was saying. The reason they're not taking that chance is because he still has a couple of months to primary them. Uh, into retirement. So, uh, you know, we're going to get through a significant part of the uh, primary season on the Democratic side before uh, it's determined whether or not uh, Trump can be uh, reelected. Michael, you were saying something? No, I was, have, have any of you been tracking the, the Lincoln Project? Yes. 
yeah. in, uh, this so this week's the, the Lincoln version. Project is is founded by four prominent anti-Trump Republicans, including George Conway, the uh, the husband of the crazy Kellyanne, Mrs. Kellyanne. Uh, Mr. Steve Kellyanne. Schmidt, and uh, Rick Wilson and John Weaver. Um, their goal is to try and provide an off-ramp for at least four senators to vote with Democrats in terms of setting up the rules for the trial. Okay, good point. So, uh, uh, Dennis, can you plug uh, that into what your theory is about what's going to happen? Well, I, th I, I can't plug it directly in. First of all, you, you, you have to put the team on the field and play the game to the, find out what the result is. Uh, there's, there's, you know, this is this is a parlor game until we we see an election or a, a trial in the Senate. However, um, I, I did a study and discovered that there's a big cluster of uh, GOP senators up for re-election whose primary dates are either already passed or uh, come up in March. Some some go as far out as as I think June uh, before before they have their primary, but uh, the, so my point is, the longer this goes on, uh, the more senators are um, uh, closer and closer to uh, primary deadlines, and uh, somebody somebody couldn't necessarily primary them unless they uh, had a, a write-in uh, uh, campaign, I suppose. So, you know, none none of this is none of it is certain. However, um, if you if you if you if you take a look at some of the chinks that are beginning, uh, the Lincoln Project is a great example. The editorial in Christianity Today uh, is another example. the The facade is beginning to crack, and as is typical in a situation like this, I think uh, the the model for it is, is precipitation. We we have a uh, what looks like a, a solution of, of nothing, and then all of a sudden it, it turns solid because a seed crystal uh, permeates it, and and the seed crystal causes everything else to crystallize. So, I'm looking I'm looking at what's going on in the Senate, and I'm thinking something like that is is entirely possible. Whether it will happen, I, I I'd be a fool to say it will. Okay, and, and to let, uh, and to let to it go longer. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Frank, and then uh, Michael. Well, I was just going to say, and and you know to. Uh, Using Pelosi's game plan to let it go longer plays into that in a good way. Well, that's what I was about to do was a lightning round around uh, not taking the, the the articles over to the Senate. Uh, but uh, Michael, could you finish? Yeah, one of the things that makes analyzing this difficult is that we really have to go state by state. And in the case of senators, um, class by class, because only one third come up for election every two years. and uh, in many states that now have Republican representation, it's a lock that whoever wins the GOP primary will be the senator. But there are other states that are drifting a little bit purple, uh, where it is not certain that supporting Trump, while it might stay off a primary challenge, it might also guarantee a loss in November. So, you know, the, the game theory here is not just in one uh, solution. They're actually 50 different jars on the table, and, and each that's one. Absolutely right. That's absolutely right. If, if you look at just the state of Kentucky, where Mitch McConnell is up for re-election, 
his uh, his approval ratings is, is down in the 20s. He is actually less popular in Kentucky than Donald Trump is, which which accounts for why uh, he's trying to stay so close to, to Trump's uh, coattails. Kentucky just, I believe, uh, elected a uh, Democrat governor. Yeah. Things are moving. Well, I, but, that's but, not clear to know, me at think, all. Go ahead, Keith. I, I was going to say, but I, I'm not sure we're well served by focusing on the one third of senators that are, let's say, in, in, to one degree or another, vulnerable to being primaried. The key is the fact that there are two thirds who are not vulnerable, who are doing nothing should tell us what the mood is inside the Republican Party. And it feels to me as if the Republican Party has been captured by Trump. That people are afraid, afraid of, the, of the grassroots or the base, as it, was, as it was, feel subject to it, no matter whether they're vulnerable or not in the short term. And um, there, is, there is really no uh, spirit of uh, you know, widespread disengagement from Trump that, that one can discern, which, which was also true in Nixon's case, but it did eventually happen. I don't see any sign that it's eventually going to happen. Well, I don't, think that's what I, I don't think that's what Dennis's point is, uh, uh, just to jump in here. Uh, the, uh, the cracks, as he calls them, that are happening, at some point they may influence what you're talking about in terms of the overall Republican sentiment to stick with the president. I would say that, you know, if I was betting on it, and I think we all are, uh, the, uh, the chances of the Republicans changing their mind about survival uh, is very small, maybe 10% at this point. So the real question, I mean, if you're right, Keith, that that's the dominant factor here, then uh, let's not waste our time talking about uh, anything because it's, you know, the only thing that's going to change this is going to be some evolution or uh, momentum around these cracks forming. Uh, Each of them individually I don't think adds up to much. I think that the Christianity Today thing has served to put a number of more traditional, uh, you know, Armed, you know, the palace guard for uh, Trump, uh, like Billy Graham's son, and so on, has basically made them become much more obvious in their support for, uh, you know, for Trump, uh, and that may have an effect at some point. But other than that, uh, that magazine is not a particularly uh, uh, popular one in the evangelist, you know, movement. Yeah, it's only got yeah. About- thousand subscribers but you know there's a lot of stuff that's off the radar um stuff that uh is not on the national radar but but to keith's point um i think it's going to be kind of important because it it definitely affects local elections for example uh within the last couple of years teachers in several states have gone on strike demanding not just higher pay and, and some of them didn't even demand higher pay they demanded uh, adequate budgets to to fund their school districts, and when when it came time for the next election, which was last year, uh, a lot of what looked like very red states, such as Oklahoma, uh, pushed through big 
changes in how schools were funded and and in in effect what i'm saying is is it got people to change their voting patterns and i think if you're if you're a, a red state uh, uh, politician right now even if you're a blue state politician you have to look at that and and be concerned uh in the re red state case you you've got to be concerned about the survival of your political party you want to be in the majority and to my mind what i'm looking at right now is trump becoming another Her herbert hoover uh, the Republicans were the permanent minority party from 1932 to 1952 in in, in presidential politics, and it was, I think, uh, in the 1980s, the Gingrich uh, Revolution, before they took over uh, the House of Representatives. Uh, the Republicans were in 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 the wilderness for a very long time after Hoover. Uh, that could happen with Trump, and it's certainly something to be concerned about. Okay, so uh, Michael, last thoughts. About. Go ahead, Frank. Sorry, I was, I was just saying, certainly something they better be concerned about. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't, I don't <clears throat> want to spend too much time worrying about uh, Republican uh, weakness. I, I think that they're in a dominant position at this point. Uh, Michael, one last but, thought but, about this, and then I want to move into uh, uh, potentially more uh, positive territory. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before I move into another topic? No, I think we can move to another topic. Okay, great. Okay. So uh, we've got a choice, and I'll, I'll see. I want to see a show of hands. Do we talk about uh, plus TV, or do we talk about? Uh, you have to hold your wait until we all vote together. This isn't Russia, you know. Um, or are we going to talk about the Democrats? All right. Show of hands for Democrats. Show of hands for TV. Excellent. <laughs> and I'm uh, the tiebreaker. Tie okay, so we'll come back to the Democrats. Uh, what about TV, Frank? Why are you so excited about that? You know, um, I... I think about maybe three years ago, I started talking about how um, the OTT revolution was going to end up like cable in that you're going to end up buying all of these different services. OTT uh, is over the top, which means uh, what? Yeah, uh, uh, Non-broadcast, um, non-cable cast, but something that's probably delivered by the internet. Uh, Streaming. So it can be... It's streaming. But, yeah, so it could the, be, the popular uh, word is is uh, streaming subscriptions. But uh, for years, the cable co the cable companies have called it over the top because they saw it uh, a decade ago as a looming threat to their uh, to their basic package and product. That if somehow you could get TV shows delivered over the internet over the top, that is to say, uh, it would just cut the cut the the basis from underneath what they're selling which is a, a package of networks. So they have been looking at it as a cloud on the horizon for a long time. And, you know, it's suddenly looming and, uh, and raining uh, torrents. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, it, it's here. Uh, and it's scaring the hell out of the, uh, the, the broadcasters and the cable channels. And they're all trying to figure out 
what it is that they can do uh, to not combat this, because I actually think that inside the networks and the, and the local TV stations, they're all trying to figure out how to become a part of it without really sort of uh, destroying what it is that they've built in, a, in the more traditional sense. Um, and so, you know, you'll find uh, programs from USA pull, pulled together and offered to uh, an OTT service so that it can then be delivered in a binge-worthy way uh, with no commercials. But, you know, there's just so many of them. And, uh, you know, and who, who's, who's going who's to beat Netflix when you talk about the, such huge amounts of money to create original content? It's almost like, you know, uh, there, was, there was a time just a, I, just a few months ago, it seems like, this is all in dog years, too. It's like the whole Trump thing, um, that um, everybody was worried that, um, that this was going to kill uh, quirky independent shows. And uh, I, I see it as quite the opposite of that. Um, and I think Netflix is a great example of, of one of those companies that's, that's throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. And then continuing to throw stuff up against the wall even after they know what sticks. If you look at Netflix now, it's it's not the same network it was six months ago. It's just loaded with really cool, interesting, original stuff. And, you know, who can well, compete that, and, with and, that? And, and not only that, Frank, but it's interesting stuff for which they have global rights. Absolutely. The big change is the end, the end of TV markets and the growth of a global market where the numbers that you can get to watch something are gargantuan. And a Apple uh, TV Plus is a great example. I mean, uh, I've, I've only watched two of the shows I've watched for all mankind, and I've watched the morning show. Um, and I've, as I've traveled around the world, there's nothing that stops me keeping watching. It, they have global yeah. rights and they're, they're, they're releasing it globally to an audience of, um, you know, hundreds of millions of iOS device owners. Um, so it, it's just going to dwarf the scale of network TV. Um, so it's not just over the top. It's not just promoting uh, producers and great content. It's creating global audience and then global yeah. economics. You know, it, the um, one of the interesting things about that sort of economic model that's that's starting to bubble up is uh, it concerns music on on uh, all of these different whether they're SVODs or they're advertisers supported or they are you know free to view or however you get it and whatever combination of them that you use. Almost all of them right now are now trying to get this complete buyout of all music from composers and writers, um, which changes the paradigm of composers and writers getting royalties for usage of their content. Um, and I, if that's starting to hit, I, I, I see that as like the tip of the spear uh, in content ownership. So if you've got global rights, global distribution, and complete ownership of the content, that changes the game entirely uh, from a, a business and economic perspective from anything that broadcast or cable ever was or ever thought it could be. So, uh, you know, just think about that and you extrapolate that out a little ways. Um, it's like it, it is it is more than game changing. I'd like to try and uh, intermingle it with the political uh, discussion. 
can I ask uh, go a ahead. question before yes, we go, go any further? Is there, under this new scheme, is there enough economic incentive for people to make good content? Absolutely. Yeah, more. More good yeah, way, more, way more. Because the collective subscription revenues from these services um, dwarfs advertising revenue in the old model or subscription at, at, you know, think of HBO with mainly a US subscriber base compared to Netflix with a global subscriber base. Unless HBO starts making globally distributable uh, content through an HBO app that's in every country in the world, and as a UK person, I can tell you, you can't watch HBO in the UK. It's not possible. Uh, but you can watch Netflix and you can watch Apple, oh. Apple TV Plus and you can't watch Hulu in the UK. Why? Because it's owned by the, the networks. You can't watch Disney Plus in the UK because it's owned by Disney. Um, well, but the, 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 the Disney has rolled it out. You will, you will in March, though. Uh, I mean, Disney has plans to launch in March in the UK. Yeah. One at a time, please. I mean, once, once they have rolled out the service globally, They'll be able to launch shows globally, but it's taken them a while to be able to to do that. I I think Disney Plus is um, uh, is clearly the, uh, the 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 bigger competitor um, uh, even than Apple Plus, um, and it's it's just it it has it has so much global reach uh, and and huge content uh, already, but. Going back to the original thing, Dennis, your question also, um, you know, because there there are many different types of of uh, models to to choose from here. If you're one of these businesses, as I was saying before, it could be you know subscription, or it could be advertiser, or it could be what Hulu does, which I think is very interesting. But also, um, uh, Keith, you can get some of those different types of shows. Interestingly enough, on now. TV, which is basically Sky's um, uh, device or or um, our online version of what Sky and Sky aggregates a whole bunch of really interesting content from all these different suppliers. So you might see an HBO show or a Fox show or uh, any number of British shows. It's very interesting, but it just it just goes to show that 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 people are jumping on this bandwagon in huge numbers and spending tremendous amounts of money to create new content that eventually i believe will have a user experience that will take you to whatever it is you want to watch and you don't need to know uh wh where it's coming from i find myself often forgetting wh what network i was or what ott service or what what's provider uh netflix or amazon or whatever because i have so many of them which one I was watching last night. I know what show yeah, I was I, watching, but I, I often forget, well, what the hell was I watching it on? Frank, I have, uh, I have Now TV because I'm in the UK a lot, and I've figured out how to watch it in the US as well. Do you think, or, 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 or I should be more positively, I think Disney and NBC and Fox are going to stop licensing those shows to Sky. They have to, because yeah. if they want to compete with Netflix and, and if they want to complete, compete with Apple Plus, they have to own the global rights to their own stuff and not syndicate, but subs get subscription yeah. revenues globally. I, I agree. I think that what they're doing right now is almost like a holding 
position uh, that you know the, they get some international views on the content that they create before they are ready to become global, uh, and then they just pull it right back in. And I think that uh, I think I don't think that's that's such a bad uh, way of going about it. Um, you can see well, an example. Could awesome. it, could, it, it could be it, awesome. It could be awesome. Sky, sky I, I was saying you could see an example of that in the way. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, uh, Mike, I'll just make one, it's literally one sentence, then, I'll, then over to you. All I was going to say is as that content dries up, Sky, which makes really good original content, as does the BBC, will themselves start to globalize. Well, you, yeah. you know who owns Sky now? Sky is not independent. Uh, who owns uh, Sky? It's owned uh, by Fox. Comcast. Comcast. Oh. By Comcast. So, yeah. so that's that's knitting together yeah. a global presence for all of uh, NBC, Universal, and Sky content. Um, but what I was going to say, you 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 can see uh, just within the U.S., Disney has licensed a lot of project, a lot of product to Netflix, uh, but they're gradually pulling it back, and as those licenses expire. Netflix won't have the Avengers and Netflix won't have Disney films. Uh, it's all going to be on, on D plus. Yeah. So yeah. you can see that that pattern starting even now within the U S and globally, it's going to be, it's going to happen as well. Well, you know, and but I think that that's one of the reasons. Why, that's one of the reasons that there, that, you know, that Netflix is spending so much money on creating original content, I think to fill the void as much as they can of the programs that they're losing. Um, and, and that, that's, you know, that's, that's the American way. <laughs> yeah. Well, Netflix know. is very, Netflix is, is, um, is, is paying for hundreds of new programs this year, uh, originating all over the world in local languages with subtitles in the U S it's, it's the biggest, um, uh, checkbook for producers for creating new content that I think there's ever been. Um, and, and I think that's a trend. I think they're all going to copy that. Apple definitely will copy that. Um, and, and so this is a golden era for content producers. And, and what's really happening is they now have a whole bunch of new people to negotiate with, which of course will serve them very well because anything good, will there'll be multiple bidders. I'm not sure I agree with you. I think the uh, we've just been trying to uh, navigate through this pile of original programming, and we very quickly come down to it. Uh, there's something very flashy and you know exciting about one show on one of these networks, uh, and then you, as you scratch the surface, all of a sudden you're going to Netflix and basically, in our case, watching a, a 1997 Sean Connery film. Okay, uh, Boomer. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Okay, Boomer. Uh, at so, least we vote. Nah. So look, I, think it was, seven, I, think, I think that was a confession, Frank. It was confession. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, what, what's so. the point? So, what's your joke? Uh, here, I, listen, it's not a joke. 71% uh, of U.S. broadband households have at least one OTT entertainment product. Uh, nearly three quarters of the U.S. broadband households now subscribe to an online video service. 49% of recent subscribers signed up through the service's website. 
it's interesting that it's all um, uh, these numbers are really huge, and uh, and it's and I don't agree with you, Steve. I actually thought about that as you were saying it. You know, am, am I, I the only place that I find myself sort of scratching only at the surface of of stuff is actually Apple Apple Plus. Um, uh, if if that was, I think that's a good example of that. But I don't. Think I think that's they all best. are like this. Uh, Apple so, Plus, we really like. Uh, but it's only sur surface at this point. They they just yeah. have a a, yeah. a tiny handful of series. Yeah, but and that's why I. That's but they I, always, I feel all, that. you know, the the big network uh, that we talk about is Netflix, and once you scratch the surface of Netflix, uh, they immediately push you into their recommendation engine, which is. Uh, vastly improved based on not only what you watch, but uh, other data that I'm not sure that they actually have the right to use. But uh, how many good shows are there on Netflix right now? I don't know. I think I'm watching about that, that, six or seven of them. Okay, just quickly rattle rattle them off so that we can understand what you. I, I mean, I don't even remember the names of the shows. Well, so that the I like, three, the books, three but of I'll those. Give you I'll give you um uh, give give me a minute. I've got to go look at my list of what I'm watching. On I'll Netflix. give you some. My Mindhunter is is interesting. It's all about uh, the FBI realizing the the motivations behind serial killers. Now what network um, is that on? The, it's on Netflix. Um, three percent, which has got three seasons, is is a Brazilian sci-fi that's really really well done. You know, I'm um, I'm, I'm attracted by that. I, I want to see that. <laughs> okay, so uh, all right, I've heard three from you now, Dennis. I know you don't care about any of this, right? Uh, I I don't watch very much TV, so I'm I, I'm. You're, you're I exempt. You can you can just sit back and relax. Uh, Michael, three shows from Netflix from um, anywhere, well, but Net Netflix is fine. There's The Irishman, Marriage Story. The end of the fucking world. Um, th those are few. Okay, so uh, and I didn't give you my three. Uh, honestly, the Kaminsky method I really like. Speaking of OK Boomer, there's a new version of the thing which I started watching last night, and I actually was scared. It was it was so good. And you like that? Uh, good I and scared I, are are good. Yes, of course. I love good and scared. I I think BoJack Horseman. It's really a, a hilarious cartoon. Is that scary? It, that's not scary. I'm oh, not okay. saying it's all going to... So I those like are the three? Scary. Bojack Horseman? Yeah, those, uh, those are three that come to mind. Okay. All right. So I would say that we enjoyed uh, uh, The Morning Show on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. In fact, it's really the only thing that we've watched. Uh, the... Um, the Disney uh, Plus we just signed up for because we could get it free allegedly for a year, and uh, uh, I'm I'm not of the opinion of uh, of Keith. I I think that he uh, doesn't care about the Mandalorian. I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, no, I liked it. Oh, you did. I did like. It. Okay, yeah. so uh, and if you go. Uh, one level down from uh, the Mandalorian on Disney Plus, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's yeah, but like the, Apple, I think that they're that they, they really are only at the surface of their content creation stuff and getting their channel together. I'm I'm actually wondering if if they didn't come out a little too early. 
but doesn't I, I don't think I don't think that's going to last very long, Steve. I think that in six months you won't be able to say that. I think that we'll always it's, be able uh, to say that about Disney all Plus, of these players. The, one, the best the best show is a, a documentary uh, by Leslie Iwerks on uh, on the on the history of the Disney parks. Uh, hmm. And if you want to get a sense of Disney as a global brand and its uh, and its conquest of the world. And also, if you want to look at the tech side of Disney, it's a, it's a fascinating series beginning, you know, in the early 50s when Disney had the first idea of doing Disneyland up to now the, the current parks and the way the parks are, are now embracing all of the new Disney acquisitions, Pixar and uh, yeah. Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, it's a fascinating series. They've got a, a tremendous archive of old interviews. And, uh, you know, it's a little it's it's a little bit. Um, Sugar-coated, uh, but not completely. I mean, they 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 talk about some of the issues that they've had and the ups and downs of the various parks, uh, depending on what was going on in Disney. It's a well-done series. I also recommend uh, if if you if you like him, uh, there's a Jeff Goldblum's The World According to Jeff Goldblum series, uh, which is which is uh, uh, just completely well done. Okay, so now I want to navigate from this to, uh, uh, I would say, just overall, I see a lot of shows, we've seen shows that uh, never would have seen before. The recommendation engines on all these networks are really interesting. Uh, the interface, the UI, uh, the, the ones that work well, like, uh, I, surprisingly, I think uh, the Disney Plus uh, is fairly easy to navigate, and and you can figure out pretty quickly what you don't care about, which I think is important. But I think overall, the unification of these different strategies uh, is that there's a much deeper uh, penetration of shows that we never would have thought we would be interested in. Uh, and that the blockbusters uh, are, they weigh uh, pretty heavily on uh, the acquisition of the pay networks, but less so in terms of of why we think that this is a useful uh, age of you know peak TV. So that's that's how I think about it. Uh, what I would like to do is to sort of transfer from that to uh, of you know basically all the shows that you're talking about uh, and the ones that I'm talking about uh, are the antidote for what we see on the news channel. And so, as I started to say at the beginning when asking about the emotional uh, value proposition, uh, I find that the you know impeachment is a, a rigorous, detail-oriented, hopeless uh, scenario. It may have some impact, but uh, the who the candidate for president on the Democrat side uh, is has a much more interesting arc as a story. So I want to, uh, I don't know how many of you saw the most recent debate. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, anybody want to hazard a guess uh, in, say, when is the uh, Super Tuesday? Is it March? Yes. Okay. So uh, at that point, whatever strategy uh, Bloomberg has uh, will have either been validated or uh, <clears throat> ignored. Uh so I think that's a good time to start to, you know, post 
the first four uh, primaries, who uh, do you see as having uh, a shot at emerging in a powerful position at that point? Anybody want to start? Feels, it feels to me as if the answer is nobody, that, that there's going to be a contested democratic conference at the end of the process, and that it's going to be very closely run, certainly nowhere near 50%, uh, with Biden probably having the largest uh, group uh, initially, but not enough to win, with uh, Sanders and Elizabeth Warren sharing between them a group larger than Biden, and, and, and um, then with, with uh, Mayor Pete and, uh, and anyone else that is left standing, possibly Bloomberg, possibly um, um, one or two others, in, in, in roughly another group that is under 30%, but in the high 20s. And by the time you get to the, to the conference, um, it, there's going to be a properly contested conference. Convention. So you 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 mean the convention that we I I agree with that. It's, yeah. It'll be it's uh, it, and it'll be so interesting to actually witness an an open convention, uh, because I, I think that's where it's going to go, and I think that's good. That'll be very exciting. I think if you look at how Trump emerged, uh, that that is a less likely possibility than uh, is often considered. I think that uh, Bloomberg's entry into the race with his resources. Uh, is uh, a potential indication that that could be possible, but it's very hard to get to a brokered convention. It doesn't happen well, very often. Well, it's very you, you, get the, you get to the convention where uh, Bloomberg can throw his support to Biden, and Biden is the nominee. I think that if Possibly. Bloomberg was to do that, uh, that would mean that, that Biden has been successful in the uh, primaries up to that point so uh and, 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 and hang on a and, second keith because i want to get everybody in yeah. on this okay. uh, uh dennis you were saying something well i think uh <clears throat> i think i can't disagree with a lot of what i'm hearing however i would only say that uh after new hampshire and maybe nevada uh you're you're going to see a fall off in the number of candidates simply because they're going to run out of money uh, if, if you finish fifth in Iowa, you're, you're probably not going to raise a ton of money more, uh, no matter how well you do further, further, further on. So I think, I think very quickly we, we went out the, the field down to a relatively small number. And, uh, and I think for that reason, for money alone, um, I like Mike, Mike Bloomberg a lot. I, I think Bloomberg's got, uh, a lot of um, experience that's relevant to today. Uh, he's he's a real billionaire, unlike the one in the White House, and he's not afraid to spend some of that money uh, on the campaign. And uh, so far, uh, he hasn't seen. We haven't seen a lot of results yet, but I think he's only been in the race uh, what three or four weeks. I think the cumulative effect of his spending uh, will be uh, will be evident by April for sure. And particularly if he uh, was is successful at uh, propping up Senate candidates uh, in area or you know propping down, if you will, uh, Senate Republican Senate uh, candidates in various vulnerable areas, 
given the four or five uh, crazy guys that we want to try and influence. Michael? Um, well, I, 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 th I agree. Um, it doesn't look like there's going to be a single candidate emerging with a majority. That can change. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are reporting to pollsters that they aren't firmly committed even to their first place candidate, and a lot of them uh, report second place candidates that don't seem to be ideologically congruent with their first place candidates. It's large. It's it's very much a personality uh, prop proposition, uh, and. Um, given the numbers of people with strong followings now, it's hard to see any of the top four or five dropping out. So, uh, 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 Frank, did you name names or, or what? No, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm in total agreement. I, th I think that there, right now, it doesn't look to me like other, like anyone's going to prop up, pop up the top strong enough to keep the op the convention from being open. I, I, I. That, that's how I feel. I think, and, and I think that that uh, it's an interesting point that you make about uh, Bloomberg if he threw his weight towards Biden, because I I have a sense that that's what we're going to end up with anyway. Dennis, um, it, it looks now the, like the, Biden. The is, other thing it, I'd it, add, the, the only other thing I'd add is is that you can't go by Trump in 2016 and the Republican field as any kind of indicator of what will happen. With the Democrats, uh, the, the Republicans tend to be a very hierarchical organization, and they fall in line much easier. Uh, the 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 phrase that we hear, the meme, is that Republicans fall in line and Democrats fall in love, and <laughs> because of that fall in love thing, uh, I think it's it's it, it's it's very hard to handicap that race, other than to Except say that it, uh, it flipped. The Republicans fell in love with Trump, and the Democrats fell in line with uh, Hillary. I don't know. Okay, snap uh, poll here. Uh, raise your hands. Who's going to be, or say who you think is going to be the uh, Iowa uh, winner? Michael? Mm. Uh, and please, we've, we're running out of time. Mayor Pete. If, it's not, if it's not Mayor Pete. Um, uh, it, it'll be Bernie. I think that I think the top three will be uh, Pete, Bernie, and um, uh, probably uh, Elizabeth Warren. Frank, uh, I think Buttigieg, Keith. Uh, I think I'd probably agree, but I think it's going to be such a low. It'll be the single biggest, but not enough to get excited about. You mean you agree with it being Buttigieg? Yeah. Okay. So you're 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 not excited about uh, that some you know the historically people that win the uh, Iowa primary are more likely uh, to get the nomination than less. So you're not well, excited I, I, about that? My, no, because my current read is the first five primaries are. Uh, all very different from okay. each other, uh, and I don't. All right, I I hear you, uh, Dennis. Names. I think uh, Iowa is Joe Biden's to lose. So you think he's going to lose it? I think he's going to win it. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, 
and and Steve is going to, you know, finish the show. Uh, okay, uh, New Hampshire, Michael. Uh, I don't know. I'd be I'd just be guessing, uh, but I would guess it's going to be uh, uh, Warren and uh, Bernie and Biden. Okay, uh, Frank's in agreement. He's going to stick with that. Uh, right? Yeah, Warren and Bernie. Okay, and uh, Keith. So sorry, I got distracted. I was in New the Hampshire. Chat. What, what's the question? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Biden. And uh, Dennis. I think New Hampshire gets split be between the neighbors. Bernie from Vermont, Warren from Massachusetts. I think it's quite possible that it could be a three-way split with uh, Joe Biden. If that was the case, it would it would demonstrate uh, pretty good uh, strength on Biden's part. Okay, and Super Tuesday, which includes California uh, sig significantly, uh, starting with Michael. North Carolina. What? I'm I'm skipping. I'm skipping South Carolina. I'm also skipping. Uh, I'm not skipping South Carolina. I'm in South Carolina. Okay. So I'm seeing what the ads are, and that's why I'm talking uh, closet uh, Bloomberg. But uh, the answer to my question, which is Super Tuesday. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Frank? Biden. Keith? Super Tuesday, I think it's... Um... Probably, probably Biden, but if you added together Warren and Sanders, they'd be bigger than him. Okay, and uh, Dennis? I think Super Tuesday, uh, Bloomberg will begin to uh, show some strength. I think if he doesn't do it there, it's not going to happen for him. So it'll mm -hmm. either be, I think it'll either be uh, Bloomberg or, or Biden on Super Tuesday. See, my concern about Super Tuesday is that Bloomberg is going to siphon off votes from Biden. So, um, well, that's not have, my concern. To, that's have my a hope. Biden vote, and you're going to have a, a, a Sanders Warren vote. Well, I think I think uh, yeah, and and, uh, and, and, and booty in the booty judge in the middle booty, is kind of on his own. Pardon? Uh, that, that gives booty judge a, a, a way to play strong. Yeah, I don't think that by uh, uh, March that Buttigieg is going to be strong enough to be able to win California or even come uh, in second. But you know, basically, I, I think Elizabeth Warren has damaged herself with her attacks on Buttigieg. I think Buttigieg has strengthened himself as a result of his ability to handle incoming uh, issues uh, basically on his feet. Uh, I think he's the really the uh, gold standard in terms of the candidates. I think Biden did a good job in this most recent debate, and therefore some of your Biden predictions certainly shouldn't be discounted. But I think that uh, by uh, Super Tuesday, Bloomberg is going to be uh, a, a major factor, not necessarily as uh, winning, but similar to the way that New Hampshire has always uh, been focused around the eventual nominee coming in 
at least third and maybe second as a way of being able to fend off uh, a more traditional uh, candidate, which in this case uh, is probably Warren because she's uh, from a neighboring state. So, uh, is very good on his feet, but his his counter to Warren and the debate uh, smelled like it was well prepared to me. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's true. But you know, being uh, intelligent and well prepared is not a, a liability for a, a candidate. I I think that his, uh, you know, he you don't see the the wheels turning in his answers. You see the wheels turning at the uh, uh, staffing level. Uh, and then he processes it in into real time. I thought he was. I thought he damaged her significantly uh, by, uh, you know, basically challenging something that. Uh, sorry. Oh yeah, the purity test thing I think was interesting, but I you know because it gave the news media something to sink their teeth into. But the the way he basically said. Uh, you know, and she's talking about uh, the influence of money, and he points out that she uh, raised a lot of money in the exact same way as all the candidates who are taking big money uh, in her race for the Senate, and then turned around and and gifted that to her presidential campaign. It completely undercut her whole narrative, I thought. Uh, the, the other thing... I think the other thing to think about, uh, to slightly change subjects uh, with California, is that California, to me, is more of a Bloomberg demographic. I agree. I think that California is going to be interesting, as I was saying about, uh, like New Hampshire in the early states, California in this Bloomberg scenario, uh, he doesn't have to win it, but if he has a strong showing, that will be very powerful, not to mention the fact that you'll get a bunch of delegates. Uh, I, that's why I was thinking exactly that, and that, that the idea of being uh, Biden and Bloomberg in California uh, seems possible. Yeah, I, I don't dispute any of your assessments. Uh, I'm just trying to give a, a larger uh, perspective. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's more likely, as I wrote about in I haven't published it, but uh, I think it's more likely that Buttigieg will put Bloomberg over the top uh, by basically saying, uh, you know, I'm the young guy that you represent, uh, you know, the, the older population, the boomers. Hey, boomers. Uh, you, no, know, you, put okay, boom, boomer. you put boomers and Gen Z, X, and millennials together, and you've got a coalition that can win the uh, election. So uh, I think that that's, uh, I think Bruges is shaping up as the VP for uh, Bloomberg. Or Secretary of State. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I just think that th that's the dynamic. And as we were talking about, about impeachment, if there's going to be a lane, if you will, that uh, uh, is going to be other than B Biden uh, and us waiting around, I mean, I think that uh, Trump will clean uh, Biden's clock in a debate. And the easiest way for uh, uh, Trump to win the election is to just refuse to debate with Biden. Well, that got him into an impeachment, that strategy. 
I disagree. I think I, I I think that if if Nancy Pelosi holds off on sending the articles of impeachment over, uh, that that gives uh, Trump uh, a way of saying, "Oh, you guys, you're just trying to get me out of office and uh, destroy destroy the will of the people." Uh, and I, I'm not going to debate Biden because he should have been in jail. You know that kind of. Uh, scenario well, that's that's a lot that's a lot of assumptions i think i think yeah, nancy and that, pelosi, that hurts him nancy pelosi is putting uh the republican senate and all of the gop on trial and i i don't want to try to estimate what that's going to result in but i don't think it's going to be a, a straight line to uh trump doesn't debate biden and and trump gets reelected trump trump's never had an approval rating above uh the mid 40s. He's never had half of the people of the country say, "Yeah, he's doing a good job." How's he going to get reelected uh, in the electoral? <laughs> well, the, the, the way no, no, the way the way he get the way he gets reelected is firstly on the turnout. Um, basically, depending on the Democratic candidate, candidate, the turnout will be either optimal or suboptimal. And then the second is, um, according to the polls. From this last week, um, Trump is um, uh, he's four points ahead of the place he needs to be to win it on the Electoral College, even with a lower percentage of the national vote than he got last time. So he, 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 there is a path for him winning states that give him the Electoral College. This is where I whilst think- losing the national vote even more than last time. This is where yeah, I think that. that but the, the, go ahead, Steve. No, you go ahead. Uh, I, I've seen that estimate, but I've also I also know that uh, in in eighteen uh, it was about passion and who had the passion and who came out to vote. And it wasn't it wasn't the GOP; it was the Democrats. It was led by women. And I think uh, I think Nancy Pelosi is uh, adding that into her her calculating machine and cranking it up. And I. I I think I think Pelosi is going to surprise us on the upside. Uh, my concern about uh, the the uh, articles of impeachment going to the House is uh, to the Senate is that first of all uh, she's going to lose this. She's going to lose this fight with McConnell. McConnell is the gold standard, unfortunately, in uh, manipulation. Uh, and once she loses it, then. Uh, where are the Democrats going to go for uh, this momentum play that you're talking about in terms of uh, the electoral states? Forget about the national. You know what? She's going to lose it, and she knows she's going to lose it. It gives her more reason to want to hold it as long as she possibly can, knowing that she's going to lose it. You have to define lose it. You know, McConnell has the votes, but Pelosi has the spotlight. And and yeah. that's what she's doing is she's shining a spotlight on McConnell's corruption, and she's not going to withhold them very long. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a short-term play, uh, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Uh, but she's not she is not going to make the play of trying to just never send them over. I, I don't think that's in the well, cards. Did we not? Did we exactly, ever hear what exactly came right. out of the? Hang on, what? I I can't hear either of you. Did, did we ever hear what came out of the meeting between McConnell and Schumer? 
I, I don't re recall that yeah, there, there's been impasse. much reporting on that. impasse. He, you know, it was is yeah. It, McConnell just says, you know, go fish. I mean, he doesn't care. Yeah, that's, that's he has nothing. The yeah. word, that's the word impasse. I think McConnell actually yeah, used I, it. I had not. I had not heard it. So yeah. uh, I think Michael's exactly right. Go. I think Pelosi is using this to this event to get some free media to shine a bright light on uh, a corrupt trial. And uh, so, all right. So let me ask it a different way: Who, who, which presidential candidate on the Democratic side is going to benefit from this maneuver? And its eventual uh, uh, failure on Bloomberg. I agree. Okay, I, my work is done. I would, I, I, I've wanted to. I, elevate. I would say, uh, you know, if you listen to all the candidates, what they say, the Democratic candidates about impeachment, they're all saying we had no choice. It's the Constitution. It's like they're all saying, well, we know we're going to lose, but we had no choice, so we're going through with the routine anyway, in the full knowledge that he's going to be acquitted. Well, where's the kind of passionate, aggressive voice? I, I, I'm not even sure it's Bloomberg. Who, 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 who is saying, uh, you know, um, Trump's going to be acquitted, but he still has to be beaten. Uh, and here's how we're going to beat him. I'm, I'm really not hearing, other than maybe Bernie Sanders, I'm not really, and he can't win, right? Bernie can't win. Can't. I, uh, I, I, can't, I kind of wish that, I kind of wish that him and Warren between them could win, because I think it needs a shakeup. I'm, I'm not of the opinion that the left of the Democratic Party is a liability. I think the left of the Democratic Party is the only part of the Democratic Party that could get Trump voters to vote Democrat. So you're, you're skating away from uh, what you started talking about, which is, uh, we don't live in a world where two people can become a president at the same time. So it's not no. going to be Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, but you wonder if in a contested convention uh, that their combined forces might have be the majority. Uh, I don't buy you know, it. We'll one throw to the other. Uh, Sorry? If, if what? I say the, the open question is, will one of them throw to the other? Yeah, I don't think Bernie's uh, you know, the, uh, state the, of mind. The rules, uh, the rules for Democratic delegates require that uh, you have to reach a 15% threshold in a state uh, to get the delegates. If you don't, you drop out and your votes are redistributed upward. So, um, yes, all, all of the marginal players uh, wind up with zero. And it's only going to be the people who are above 15% that will have delegates uh, to trade. Eventually, they're going to have to trade because you, you, uh, you, you have to emerge at the convention with a majority. This is in a brokered convention well, you're talking about? On the way to the convention or on the way to the convention, a majority will, will emerge because that's the only way to get a nominee. Okay. You know... As I'm sitting here listening to this, it occurs to me that Bloomberg is the only one in the race who can say that he's been a Democrat and a Republican and an independent. He won three times as uh, mayor of New York, and I think three times in, in three different party affiliations. He has the ability to bring a message to market that says, 
hey, I used to be a Republican. This isn't Republicanism. I used to be a Democrat, but I'm not a crazy Democrat. But look what I've done. Look at my my record, uh, as you you can see in the ad that he's he's flogging right now. I think that uh, uh, the, uh, Bloomberg comes down to if Bloomberg is in a, a debate with uh, Trump, he, uh, it is not a foregone conclusion that Trump would win that debate. Not at all. I think you're. I think you're right. Okay, so I think Steve. that's the, the the entire value proposition of, of Bloomberg's candidacy. How he gets there, uh, you know, maybe some of the dynamics you're talking about. I don't think Warren. Uh, I think Warren's been uh, damaged repeatedly uh, uh, in the uh, debates, and I think that uh, you know she's just not cutting it. I think Buttigieg has much been much stronger in the debates, even when people disliked uh, what he had to say and that he was under pressure, blah, 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 and he doesn't have the experience, he still did better uh, in his rebuttals than anybody else has in their rebuttals. Uh, I, well, I, think, yeah. I think the person who damaged Buttigieg in the debate was Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, I agree with you, but she didn't really damage him. She basically, at this point, she elevated him in a number of other states, if you think about it. Oh, that that's not good. Oh, Frank, thank you. Um, I, I agree with you that she was more damaging than Warren was, but my thesis is about Warren, not about Klobuchar. I think that she's the gold standard for uh, for the debates, uh, Klobuchar. I think she's done fantastic, and she will continue to. But she's going to run out of money. If you, but Steve, yeah. if you if you if, if the criteria is maybe you should ask this question. Who do we all think could beat Trump in the debates leading up to the general election? That's what I am saying. I, I, I think Bloomberg. Uh, well, well, to me, there's only two, two of the players could beat him face-to-face in arguments. One of them could win the election. Both of them could beat him in the debate. One is, is, is uh, Booty Judge, and the other is Sanders. And I think only Sanders could win the general election. Well, Sanders isn't going to be the nominee, so that rules him out. In, yep. Right. Yep. So we're he, not talking way, about, I think he we're not talking about primary debates. He won it. I know. I think he could have won it last time. Okay, as well, so, by the way. so but, are we talking but about? But that means the Democrats are going to end up with a candidate that can't beat Trump, in my view, if well, it's not Sanders. Well, well, another, just remember no, this, that uh, Hillary that, Clinton beat Trump in the debates. The debates are not dispositive. Yeah, that's a very good point. She didn't. Point. Not emotionally. No, she yeah, didn't. She Even didn't. I didn't. Like I agree with Keith. I don't think that she would. look like you won. Not that, that you won no, or I not. Mean, it's making the other guy look like he lost. Trump intimidated her, you know, looming behind her and doing all that stuff. He was sending emotional messages that his base in the electoral states, uh, he put him over the top. But, Just barely. But, I, I, yeah, I agree. The um, but winning, winning, winning the debate involves getting people to want to vote for you. And Hillary Clinton, I voted for her, obviously, but um, I held my nose when I did it. She definitely didn't make me want to. The Obama coalition didn't vote for Hillary, and uh, the uh, uh, Sanders coalition did not vote for Hillary. That's why she lost. I think so. Sanders anyway, I was trying to pin you down because uh, we have to wrap this up. Uh, Tina is is behind me, so 
the clock time on the wall. Time but to I, I still, I want to lock in on what you said. You basically said that somebody who isn't going to win the nomination uh, could beat Trump in the uh, debates. So I'm scratching that one off. Okay, and the other one yep. you said is Buttigieg. Buttigieg is not yep. going to win the nomination uh, unless uh, he is helped by somebody significant. And uh, I don't think I that I think that we're Bloomberg, going to have an open convention. That's why we're going to have an open convention. I don't. I, I don't buy it. I think that we're going to know by mid-April. We're going to know what the power dynamic is, and that person will be acknowledged to be, and the votes, uh, delegates will be moved to that person, uh, you know, in April. It's not going to be a brokered convention. I just don't buy it. And I think you're right, Steve. I think if you look at the populace right now, uh, the most important question for, for, for Democratic voters isn't uh, climate change or anything else. It's who can beat Trump. And I think uh, we're going to crowdsource the answer, and I think you're right. By April, we're going to know. Okay. Well, I always like leave, uh, ending on the note that I'm right. Nah. So, uh, <laughs> quick last thoughts. Is that uh, all we had to do? Yeah. Well, I, I change the rules every time, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Michael, any last quick thoughts on any other subject besides the politics? Um, like, what are you doing for the holidays? Uh, nothing. I'm going to light candles starting tonight. Okay. Uh, Frank, what are you doing for the holidays? Um, I'm, I'm uh, really not, not doing anything. Just, we're just going to hang here in London because uh, we're getting tremendous amount of baggage packed so that we can take stuff to New York. And uh, that's, that's all I'm thinking about. Keith? I am staying in Palo Alto and trying to teach my three teenage boys that Christmas isn't about presents. Good luck with that. Yeah. I see no proof. I watched uh, on uh, what got me over the hump uh, into uh, Disney Plus was the uh, movie Noel. And so you can unwrap that one on, on uh, whichever day you celebrate. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, Dennis, last thoughts. Um, well, uh, last thought. Um, Merriam-Webster's word of the year is they, uh, the singular use of they. A uh, long, time, long time coming, overdue. Um, uh, solves a lot of problems for people like me who do, do a lot of writing and don't want to have to put down he, she, or anything else. And uh, uh, at the same time, it does great things for the LGBTQT community, and um, that makes me smile. All right. Well, for me, uh, this has been a tough year, uh, you know, watching people like myself get really old. But, hmm. uh, uh, but this conversation makes me feel young, and uh, that's why I love it. And I love you guys for uh, sharing this with me. And uh, I'd like to thank our uh, producer, director, Tina Chase Gilmore, who doesn't have a camera today, but... I'm so, I'm so, I, see, I see the hands. Stand up. I'd like to thank uh, 
uh, IBM Cloud we slash Ustream. We use uh, Ustream to stream live and record the Gilmore Gang, although not today. But we use them regularly. And uh, for our other shows, G3, which uh, will maybe have a, a, a 2019 show uh, in the next few days. But And uh, I want to thank uh, uh, our children who uh, are holding down the fort in California. Oh, excellent. And, uh, you know, I... I'm I'm trying to leave this as a as a personal note only that it's been really difficult uh, uh, to coordinate all of the technology and the uh, different schedules to be able to do this. So we've been doing a lot of uh, one on ones uh, on the podcast, which I've enjoyed tremendously. And there's a if you're interested or impressed with uh, any of the folks uh, on the show, they're all represented on. Uh, uh, GGX on, I think it's on uh, Spotify, Apple, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But GGX has been uh, a, a great holding pattern, but it's really great to get back to a so-called traditional Gilmore gang for the holidays. Happy birthday to our oldest and our youngest daughters, and, uh, and to uh, Paul Greenberg, who's uh, just celebrated a birthday, and there was somebody who's today, I can't remember who it is. Probably Jesus. <laughs> no, it's well, nice it could be any day, you know. Isn't it true? Jesus was a Capricorn. That's right. What, was there, were there Capricorns in those days? Uh, Zodiac's older than Jesus. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody who showed up and especially those who didn't. We'll see you again next time. Bye.